Hello out there, this is Pamela Fagan Hutchins and you found Wine Women and Writing, sometimes known as Mescal Men and Mystery, but not today. I'll share with you in a moment who we're going to be talking to and about what, but first the important stuff. This is something you're either seeing via video or hearing via podcast. And it's a solely owned and uh, copyrighted production of Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. You can find past episodes or find the books to read for um, being able to really enjoy and follow along with upcoming episodes at my website, PamelaFaganHutchins.com, where you can also find my books, which won't at all hurt my feelings if you take a look. Uh, latest release is Stag Party, number six in the Patrick Flint series came out a month ago. So it's still brand new to me, brand new to you guys too. Um, something else that may be brand new to you guys is my guest today, or maybe not. I am excited to welcome um, Marcy Maxfield with her debut novel, M's Awful Good Fortune. Marcy, welcome to the show. Hi, Pamela. Thank you for inviting me. Excited to be here. I am excited that you're here too. You guys, I always get a chance to chat with people for just a minute or two before we come on live. And so I, I shared some of the reasons I will share with you later with Marcy about why I was especially excited to read her book. Um, but in order for you to know why that would be, um, we need to know a little bit about it. So can you give us the, you know, it's the thumbnail sketch of M's Awful Good Fortune? Right. Uh, Am's Awful Good Fortune is set in a global jet-setting world. Uh, M is a what's called a tag-along wife. And that means that she follows her, her husband's career wherever it goes. And in the case of this book, that's many countries, uh, France, Korea, Japan, and China. So uh, the awful, so her life is Instagrammable, Instagrammable, I like to say. <laughs> Nobody understands why she's struggling with it, which is the awful good fortune part of it. Because the, the other side of how fabulous the travel is, is that every time they move, M loses her, has to quit a job. She loses her friends and community. She has to go somewhere completely new and figure out a life. And then just at the point when she figures out her life, her husband, the, the relocation is over and they move back to, in this case, and in my case, Los Angeles. So. Where you've lost community and friends and things and houses and cars there too. It's like um, musical chairs, you know, a really um, high stakes game of musical chairs in your life. So this book does bear some similarities to some of your own experiences. Let's just get that out of the way. It's one of the things that attracted me to the book is that you could write from such an authentic, um, you know, place of being. So a little bit about Marcy. Yeah, absolutely. This is um, um, what what I call auto fiction. And uh, that means it's grounded in authentic experience. And that is my experience. I have been a tag along wife uh, and lived in the in all of the countries that I talk about. Uh, but it's uh, highly embellished, and that's where the fun part of the ride comes. That was uh, I started it actually as a memoir, and then there uh, wasn't enough uh, dynamic in it, so yeah. I created this character M. And uh, her voice really is the engine that drives this book. She's just a force. 
She is. And you are right. She what she is what drives this book. She's such an interesting person that you'd want to. She's the kind of person you'd want in your life or to read about, even if she wasn't jet setting around the world and going through these things. But you get to have a, you know, interesting and sometimes really dramatic adventure with her. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about auto fiction, I've always said that the best fiction is where we take something that we can write about authentically and reimagine it. Because if we really let people look into our real lives, they wouldn't be quite as exciting as the book that we want to pick up, right? In fact, we're searching usually for some kind of peace or happy ending. <laughs> and the books books are, are less exciting that way. So I'm really glad that you fictionalized um, M, though I can already tell you guys from just talking to Marcy for a few minutes that I can see a lot of a of a, an electric and hard driving person in her. So, uh, you know, that's that's not to say that she would be boring. <laughs> at all. <laughs> I like to say that M is perhaps 10% of Marcy. Yeah. Um, but she's blown up to 100% of a character. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's, that. That's the way to say it. I love that. So um, one of the, um, when, when I first talked to Marcy's publicist, and you guys know that this isn't the type of book I normally pick for the show. I pick all kinds of things, but it isn't the kind of book I normally pick. This was a selfish pick for me because in another life, I ran a, um, or was in charge of many people um, were a part of running it, an expat um, community that was part of a refinery that we built and we housed um, families. And there were a whole lot of what we called trailing spouses, but it's the same thing, tag along. We had a few women, uh, a few men, but mostly women that fit that definition definition. And so I was really familiar with how challenging it was, even when you were moving into a preset community, much less the experience that M had in this book, which was not, it was find a place to live and somehow cobble out of an existence. So of the stories in the book, um, are there any that are especially your favorite to give people a flavor of the kinds of, um, traumas, travails, and, uh, and and excitement that M went through. If not, I'll share one of mine, but I thought we'd go well, with one of yours. I hear yours. You go, and then maybe I'll... I'll... I, liked, I liked the China. I liked her experiences in China because that rang so true to my husband's experiences, spending time, you know, six weeks at a time in China. And... I could really relate to what she was going through, the moving into communities where you're not used to people all wearing masks and don't understand why until you're getting sick yourself. And and I also liked how that resonates with what we've been going through in the last couple of years. Um, and so and and the love hate relationship that she had with it, that some parts of the culture and the expat experience there were very exciting and very great shop, you know, et cetera, great shopping, you know, uh, neat things that you can do. But at the same time, maybe the most dangerous place that she'd been as her health suffered. Oh, my gosh. Is that a Boston Terrier? We know it's quite that's questionable. French Bulldog. I, I thought that I adopted a French Bulldog. Say hi. Hello. And her name is Bader, and honestly, because I got her during COVID, yeah. she's like never been away from us. She's the most. <laughs> Typically, so, if I have a dog, I go. I leave the house a lot more. Yeah. But with COVID, nobody was going anywhere. So sorry, she's here. She'll okay, show us our beautiful face one more time. She is. Say hi. Bader. And maybe, 
Okay, so I've got a, oh, she's a cutie. I've got a Boston Terrier that's outside the door that is um, <laughs> poss possibly going to interrupt us at some point. So his oh, I hope is so. so we can <laughs> I want to see the difference between an, a Boston and a, and a Frenchie because when I walk with her, she's, my dog has really long legs and everybody thinks she's a Boston. So I think she might be a hybrid. She might be a hybrid. Hold on. Honey, do you hear me? See, here's here's the high-tech world of filming things um, off. I want Petey. He's listening to us. He's like, you want Petey, don't you? I'm like, I want Petey. Um, so were you able to take pets with you when you traveled? Uh, I'm trying to think. Yes. When we are, uh, we did not take any, The when we went to um, Korea, we did not take our pets. And this is, a, <laughs> we, we had a cat that we really loved. And actually the cat's name was Iggy and it was my daughter's first word. And we <laughs> gave the cat to somebody to um, just babysit for a year. And then, but it was a couple that didn't have kids. And uh, when we came back, the cat hated, hi, sweetie. <laughs> and the cat hated you when I, you came back. The now, cat Petey, hated my daughter. And, oh like, no, and so she was hurt. Petey's got a bad eye. Show your good side, oh, honey. So, oh. Um, oh, hold on. Petey, here we are, right. here we are. We're the ladies with our dogs. Oh, <laughs> turn your head, Petey. So, you're so similar yeah. for the ears. Yeah. So, so we so had that. remember your daughter. Thanks, hon. <laughs> yeah, didn't and didn't like her. I mean, because he had lived with her um, through. I had him before I had my daughter, and they he used to sleep in her crib. <clears throat> but then, when he lived in a world without a toddler, he was like, "Oh, this is you know, I remember this, so I'm not coming back." <laughs> yeah. we, we, we didn't get that cat back. And then when he, we, we went to Paris and we had a terrible mishap with the dog, which I don't want to talk about because it will just bring everything down. And it's not <laughs> like But yeah. then we adopted our first French bulldog in Paris. And so he was truly French. And yeah. I just, he, he was a French man. And uh, so this baby is my third. It's Aww. the one thing that I've just held on to from all my travels is French Bulldogs. It's my They're adorable. Favorite. They're yeah. so cute. Yeah. Well, I've got this girlfriend who's a um, tag along or trailing spouse to her husband's um, career. And they recently did a stint in South Korea right when COVID started. So, you know, all this quarantine to get there, all this quarantine when they got there and they took their cat and the cat had a delayed entry. And then they got sent home because of COVID and the cat couldn't come and no. they had to have the cat live with somebody there. And it was months and months and months later that the cat came back to them, but they were able to reunite, but it was just, it was very traumatic on their little boy. And I think on my friend, it's something that I don't think I really addressed the, the pet issue in my book. Cause I was really focused on the marriage. In yeah. fact, when you said you liked China, because of the love hate with, with Shanghai, which is true. I had an absolute love hate um, relationship with China, with China itself. But at that point, um, my marriage was really solid. But, um, and I was originally just gonna write about China and pollution. And, yeah. um, but the rest of the book, the love hate is, with, is in the marriage. It's a love exactly. marriage <clears throat> until you get to China where the marriage finally comes together and then you have this big environmental issue that is like knocking this woman on her head. Like you need yeah. to change your life. <laughs> right. 
Right. You need in to so many ways. You've got so to, you you to, to develop your nose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's really, really hard because in the book, as she said, there were these marital issues that when you read it, you'll um, you, you'll hear them. And you'll also totally understand if you put yourself in those shoes, especially for whoever is the trailing spouse who's subjugating your career, who is um, packing up and moving, who is not getting to do all the fun, sexy things. And, you know, it has kids that are, you know, not ha always happy with one move or the other. And the, you know, challenging, th challenging stuff. And you finally get to the point where this poor woman's feeling good about that and doesn't want to give that up. Right. Because if you leave, if you leave, what happens if you don't stay? Right. And so it's, uh, again, really, really, really both because I had a husband that'll travel six weeks at a time or did. He recently retired early, but also because of this housing community that I was involved with um, managing and running really saw this firsthand and it rang so true. I know you I know you exploded it up and made it more exciting, but it really it really rang true. Well, I tried to think of uh, or at the beginning. I made a list of all of the issues that were uh, that I thought happened to tagline wives that they talk about maybe in happy hour, but yeah. they don't write about when they write memoirs. And right. then typically, an expat <laughs> memoir is about the cultural exchange. It's about the the yeah, it's happy, 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 and it's all the things I learned living in this foreign country. Yeah. So um, I just eliminated that. Yeah. And I just talked about all of the things that that these women, myself included, think about, worry about, struggle with, but don't get in, in the book. I thought, I'm going to write the book. They're not writing. And I had a litmus test, which was if anything came out of my true life, and much of it did, uh, it had to have been somebody else's experience as well. So I didn't want it to be my story. I was just amplifying stories that I resonate with, but that mm -hmm. I know exist out there. And yeah. that was that was really the um, that was really one of the um, guidelines for what went in the book and what didn't. So what what I want people to be hearing here is that if you like authentic female characters, M is very authentic, raw. At times, raw. you want to bump her on the head and say, you know, you are so messing up, girl. You're so messing <laughs> up. And other times you want to hug her and say, I would be rebelling against this situation with everything I have. You deserve, you deserve to be happy. You deserve good things, you know. So there's this push-pull that goes on, like with any great character that you fall in love with. They have their flaws. It's also fantastic if you love uh, a good family drama, a good relationship drama, and uh, women's fiction, you know, and if you like to see exotic places, but it's not a travelogue. You know, this is not that type of book. This is, um, well, this is, this is the real deal. One of the things we really struggled with, with the trailing spouses that came to us is that, you know, often they could not find another job where they were. Um, and in addition, they could find alcohol. 
And there became these, a lot of day drinking, a whole lot of just hanging out day drinking because your family's not there. Your friends aren't there. You're bonding with new people. What is there to do? You're locked behind barbed wire, basically, in our community. And so, you know, for me, watching some of the stories you were telling was like replaying old scenes in my head. I just, I just thought you really nailed it with now. To, to kind of broaden your scope or, or seeing who Marcy is, you've also want, uh, written an award-winning um, play as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about that and how right. that um, in your creative world. The play was called uh, Girls Together Always. And um, it was 10 monologues that I had written about the experience of growing up girl. And uh, a friend of mine, uh, produced it, asked me, asked me for my pieces and she was an actress looking for material. And we just did a, we just did a one or two night one-off. And then it got such a great response that we took it to the Hollywood Fringe Festival and it won an award. So that was really uh, rewarding. That was really exciting. <laughs> and um, I, one of the things is that I wrote uh, oh, in three out of my four, I discovered writing in Paris, and then I I spent a lot of my time writing everywhere that we lived. So I wasn't doing the day drinking. Yeah, uh, I know there's much healthier for you. It is. I mean, I know that there's a there was a lot of day drinking, and I uh, I mean, it's not that I never did it, but I <laughs> perceived that. I mean, I was I was always writing. I was always taking online writing classes. And I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, a writer's group. It's called writers.com because you said that we have an international audience. And yeah. so this was my lifeblood personally because it was English speaking writers classes. And no matter where I lived, as long as you have an internet hookup, I could get a, I, I could commute, I could be in classes with English speaking writers from all over the world. So that saved me from a lot of the day drinking. Um, <laughs> so where were we? We were getting the day drinking. I, I we were in a good, we were talking about um, that you had discovered writing, you did the monologues, which, oh, which I, thought that really you know when you when you compare that to what you've done with this book and how this was <laughs> women's fiction to me when i think about women's fiction and i think about um the issues that women face it is often about what people ask me about i i have a former career as a, an executive in the refining industry and uh, it's that balance thing and when you look at an expat wife every trailing or a tag along spouse that balance gets thrown all out of whack suddenly you're doing all of the balancing it feels like instead of trying to balance within the culture that you're used to and so i found the the growing up girl and the idea of writing those monologues about that especially intriguing from you because you had an experience where in order to have a healthy family and a healthy relationship you just had to say, I'm just going to carry a whole lot more of that weight. Balance yeah. to me is going to feel really out of culture here for a while. Yeah. Well, and it, and it did, it was. And, and so of course there was, there was acting up or there was acting out. Like, let's face it. M kind of has the emotional maturity of a teenager sometimes. I mean, she is rebelling. Mm -hmm. She is, uh, she's frustrated. Yeah. She's resentful. Uh, I must be really in touch with my teenage self. Not <laughs> 
place. <laughs> or it was just that I had a teenager. But yeah. um, <laughs> uh, I do want to say for those of you who aren't who aren't necessarily tagalong spouses, and I have to, I've done a lot of Zoom book clubs, and I like to bring this up uh, that if you think this that this can't happen to you, this is an extreme. This is M is an extreme version uh, or an extreme character through which I explore this theme about. Uh, how much compromise women do in marriage. And I'd like to say that that, uh, Michelle Obama is the queen of tagline spouses. And that puts it in a completely different uh, um, way of looking at it. Because Michelle Obama was a successful practicing attorney in Chicago who did not want to move to Washington, D.C. And, uh, but she went through many of the, I read her book, Becoming, I was already done or close to done with mine. I went, oh my God, she's, she's, she's a tagalong. Tagalong spouse, yeah. She was resentful. She was burdened in the beginning when, when Obama, when Barack was traveling as a senator or something, and he left her with two kids and a full-time job and home on the weekends. And I went, you know, I was like, okay, so this is a broader issue. And um, I think that it's something that our generation is having to figure out with dual careers. Yep, it is 100%. And, you know, I read that book too. And I remember, you know, thinking how little I knew about her before I read it, you know, because you don't really have that picture of what an accomplished woman she was in her own right and what sacrifices she had to make so that he could fulfill what they believe his destiny was. Yeah. And that's a tough one. I mean, and, and honestly, it would be tough if it were a male or a female, it tends to be the female role. I've seen the role played by males and females, but it tends to be the female role instead of the male role. And so it's a really very modern question for us as females together. Yeah. And I think the book's a little bit of a cautionary tale because right now, during because of COVID, I don't know if you've read these articles, but millions of women working mothers are choosing not to re-enter the workforce because that it was it was too much. They were having to stay at home, try to carve out some space to do their job and take care of their kids who may or may not be back back in school, and. I'm reading these articles saying, oh, don't do this. (laughs) 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 It's interesting. And, you know, there's parts of me that my husband and I really changed our life in COVID, but it was different. He gave up what he was doing to stay home. And our kids are grown, so it's way different. But he gave up what he was doing so he could stay at home and not travel anymore. And I kept working from home. And I can understand how COVID blows it all up, but there's also that feeling that I have when I look at our three daughters, where I always want to say, always keep your ability to be independent, always keep your ability to, you know, no matter what happens, no matter if it's your choice, his choice, or the universe's choice, keep your ability to be the captain of of your own ship. And it's a tough thing. It is. And and I like to say it's the same thing, uh, you know. Never give up your game, girl. And, yeah. But tying back to the title, M's awful good fortune for me. Uh, it was a one of the things that 
she struggled with was she was inflexible. So she really thought, I am this other person. I am this marketing person who worked in the music industry. I am this person, you know, I am this person who goes to an office. I, you know, and mm-hmm. she really struggled as, as his career changed the landscape of what their lives were going to be like. But um, it took her a long time to realize, oh, I'm a writer. I can do that. Yeah. Anyway. And, right. and so in a sense, we get we dig in our heels sometimes and the universe is knocking on her head going, well, you could be doing something else. And yeah. for me, I finally did figure that out. Um, and we are glad you did because it yeah. has resulted in good things. But it yeah. reminds me of, okay, so I have, I have only one sibling and my brother's favorite expression is flexibility is the key to air power. You can probably guess what his career is. But the yeah. idea of or bloom where you're planted or find, be who you are, no matter where you are. It's yeah. hard because we develop, society develops, other people in our lives develop an idea of what that is, right? You right. are, she yeah. is, I am. And we are something deeper than that and can search within and find what that is like, like M did finally. Yeah. And like Marcy did. Marcy, show us, for those of us lucky enough to be watching this on video, those on podcast, imagine the beautiful cover of oh, M's yeah, Awful Good Fortune. M's Awful Good Fortune coming at you. <laughs> everywhere. I love the passport stamp in the bottom corner. I think that's a really cool add to the book. And the book is still a catchy, very contemporary look, but it's got that passport stamp on it. I love it. And so what is up next for Marcy? Um, do you have a next project, a next book? Um, what's going on in that creative mind of yours? Well, in my life, let's start with my life because it ties to the book. Um, my husband is moving back to China. Oh. <laughs> yeah. oh. And I'm not going. <clears throat> First of all, COVID, it's really hard to get uh, passport, to get visas. And so I don't think I can get one. And that's okay because I'm staying here. I'm working on the book. I have a new project that I'm working on, but I don't. I don't necessarily want to uh, broadcast that yet. But I am. I am writing again. It to, and I'm right. getting this together. And oh, big news! How could I forget this? M has been optioned for um, a TV miniseries. Awesome! And, yeah, that's really exciting. And. Uh, so we're crossing our fingers that we'll get uh, funding and somebody in a in an actor attached to it, et cetera. But it's um, it's it's they're out there pitching it. Is that hunky or Dory meowing in the background? Because your bio says you've got two cats. I have two cats. Hey, you want to come here? No, he's leaving. Hunky, that was hunky. Yeah, this is like a, I, my husband's leaving me with the two cats and the dog. So I'm going to be that person. You're going to have plenty of time to to focus and write. Um, I don't know about you, but there's also inherent difficulties when one spouse leaves for extended periods and then you make your space and then they come back and you're like, oh, I'm oh so yeah. excited for you to be here. Now go back away. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, like emotional space, but also I used to just take over his client side of the closet. Yeah. And because he had emptied half of it out, I would take it up. And then he would come home and he'd be out <laughs> my closet. So yeah, but um you begin to just have it have your own schedule. And is in any marriage, uh 
my husband and I actually have different eating habits, but we're compromising and we sort of get a, we sort of, I'll eat his way sometimes. He'll eat my way. But when I'm alone, it's like, I eat my way. I exercise, I get up at my, I mean, I have my own routine. And so he's going to be gone for a year and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Re-entry, re-entry, cavitation. (laughs) But it's still wonderful. And and it's been wonderful of you, with you to be... It's been wonderful for you to be on the show today. We laughed ahead of time that I've been sick for five weeks, that Marcy has allergies. Neither of us can, we can hardly talk. And and apparently my brain is still on way too many gold meds. But she suffered through with me today. You guys have too. And I so appreciate it. I want to remind you guys that um, if you want to get out and read the um, upcoming books for the shows, that's the best way to enjoy these shows. But if you haven't already read M's Awful Good Fortune, go out and get your copy and um, then go out to the website and see which one to read for the shows next. I think that you'll be happy that you did. And I want to thank again Marcy for being on the show. I wish you the very best with the option and with the book and the new project. Thank and you. Wanna, this has been a delight. Thank I you know. So See, I told you it's just like two, it's just two girlfriends chatting. Absolutely. Don't think about all those thousands of people out there that are going to be listening to us for forevermore. And I want to thank all you guys for tuning in once again. I will be here next time. I hope you will be too. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.